Which Jesus will you choose? Which Jesus do you choose today? Uh, Scholars tell us that more than most likely, Barabbas' first name was Jesus. This is a very popular name back then. Many of the men and women would name their children, their sons in particular, Jesus. The word meant deliverer. And they were hoping that maybe their son would be the one who would deliver them from the oppression of the Romans. So it was a very popular name, very common name at that time. And so most scholars, uh, due to Origen and others who say that his name was Jesus, Jesus Barabbas, Bar means son, son of, Bar, Abbas means father, Jesus, son of the father, or Jesus the Christ, son of the father. Which one will you choose? Question still given to us today. There was a man named Luis Espinoza who a few years ago decided to change his name to Jesus Christ. So he went before the judge, went before the court system, and finally had through much process had his name changed to Jesus Christ. And when he was asked, why did you change your name to Jesus Christ? What, do you, what was your purpose? What were you thinking? He said, well, you know, the power is in your name. And if you have that name, then you become that name. And while most of us would think that's pretty brazen, most of us today, in each day of our life, we kind of pick up the mantle and we take on the position of being the Christ of our life. We serve ourselves first and we decide whether things fit into our plan and if God's word says one thing and we want to go a different direction, we do it because we ultimately say, I'm the God of my life. I will choose all the blessings that I have there for me. So each of us, in fact, very much kind of are a Jesus Barabbas ourselves. I want to share with you some things that I've learned, I've studied over the last few weeks about this man Barabbas. We don't have a lot of hard facts and hard history, but there's a guy named David Rapaport who I've studied, uh, who was a professor at UCLA, and he's the foremost terrorist historian uh, probably in the world today, and uh, he now works for the, for the federal government um, as, long as, as, as well as some other Jewish scholars. And uh, interesting what uh, some discoveries about Barabbas and about the movement that he was a, par- a part of. But I want to tell you right up front, uh, this is what I believe and this is what I think. As I tell you, I've told you many times, I'm in, I am fallible. What does that mean? That means I make mistakes sometimes. So does every other pastor, so you don't have to leave your church uh, over that. Uh, we, all, we all do. Um, I've said before, you know, uh, 80% of my theology is correct. I'd, I'd correct the other 20% if I knew what it was. But nevertheless, the truth be told, uh, I want to give you a position. I want to give you some historical evidence that you've probably not heard before because, quite frankly, I never learned it at seminary. And, uh, but it makes a whole lot of sense, and it's what, I, it's what I personally believe. So as we look at Barabbas, I want you to think about it and not just kind of say, hey, I've heard all about him before. Uh, I, I want you to think about this passage. It's a very familiar passage, but I want to hopefully shed a little new light as we look at this particular passage. Now, I want us to first go to the Scripture, and it gives. this is what we know for a fact that we don't have to debate. And so uh, I want to give you several passages 
the first one being Acts 3.14. As Peter is speaking here to the crowd uh, at Pentecost, he said, You disavowed the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, referring to Barabbas. In Luke 23, But they cried out together, Away with this man, release for us Barabbas. In John chapter 18, verse 40, the Bible says, So they cried out again and said, Not this man, but Barabbas. Jesus Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. Scripture tells us that he is a robber and a thief. That's just one of his offenses. Matthew 27, and they were holding a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. And so when the people gathered together, Pilate said to them, Who do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, the one called the Christ? You see the distinguishing difference that's made. Barabbas, Jesus Barabbas, or Jesus the Christ. And the writers of the New Testament did not put that name Jesus there out of respect for Jesus Christ probably. But it most almost in fact certainly was his name. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and to put Jesus to death. But the governor said, which of these two do you want me to release? To you And they said, Barabbas. And then he released Barabbas for them, but had, after having Jesus scourged and handed him over to be crucified. In Mark chapter 15, verse 7, the man named Barabbas had been imprisoned with insurrections and had committed murder in the insurrection. And then the last two verses that we see here where Barabbas is mentioned in Scripture, verses 11 and 15 of the Gospel of Mark. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd and asked him to release Barabbas for them instead of Jesus. Wishing to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. After having Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. Now, we see several things about Barabbas that enlighten us here in the passage. But uh, let me talk to you for just a moment about some historical information that I think helps a little bit. And uh, there are several groups, several factions, multiple factions in Jewish history at this time. Of course, the Romans uh, are dominating the, the known world at that point, and Jerusalem is one of those areas. But there are a lot of people in Jerusalem and in Israel who greatly resent having the Romans there. And so lots of factions have risen up. One called the Zealots. We're very familiar. Many of you have probably heard of the Zealots. And they're nationalists. And they believe, you know what, we're going to have to take care of them. And we're going to have to do that by force. And so there are constant factions of Zealots that are rising up. And many of the people regarded them as patriots because they would attack the Roman government and they would attack Romans when given the opportunity. Uh, Some scholars believe that um, Simon Peter was. Uh, Certainly we know that Simon was one of the zealots. Uh, Some believe that James was. They were people if had the opportunity and even maybe following Jesus initially. Hey, maybe this is going to be the Messiah that leads us to overthrow Rome. And so the zealots, for the most part, were respected by the average commoner. Because they represented their military, those who said, hey, we want to see freedom come and we will risk our lives in doing so. Commonly, a lot of times people call Barabbas a zealot, but I don't think he was probably a zealot. There's another group called the Sicarii, and very often you'll see these two groups mesh together, but they in fact were different. The Sicarii and the zealots. The Sicarii, that word literally means dagger men. They were assassins, and they would sneak up in crowded times, particularly like this time of Passover, and they would knife someone. They would stab someone and kill them. But the difference between the Sicarii and the Zealots was this. While the Zealots primarily went after the Roman officials and the Romans, 
the Sakari went after the Jewish leadership and the Jewish sympathizers. Primarily, they would kill other Jews. We know that they killed Jonathan, one of the high priests. They killed multiple priests. The priest always had to live in fear of the Sakari. They, they killed multiple Jewish leaders because they felt like they were in cahoots with the Roman government and they, they were corrupt and they were doing nothing to, rid the, to, to stand up for the people and to stand up for righteousness. And they would look back to the book of Numbers chapter 25 at the time when there was a plague amongst the people of Israel after they had left Egypt. And Moses is speaking to God and God said, it's because your people are picking up with Moabite women and they are uh, having relations with them and they are worshiping Baal. And so as Moses is speaking this to the people that very time, there's one of the leaders of Israel goes in a tent with one of the Moabite women and a guy named Phinehas, who's one of the son of the priests, he took a spear and he went and killed both of them and the Bible says the plague was released. It was removed. And so they looked at that and they thought, you know what, that's what we need to do. We need to take care of our people who are being unfaithful, our leaders who shouldn't be in office. They are, so to speak, kind of the original Timothy McVeigh. That's who Barabbas really is probably more like. He's going to blow up this Oklahoma federal building because he thinks, hey, our government is so out of control and people need to learn a lesson. They need to know what's going on and people must die for others to see that. So the Sakari would kill their own countrymen, and sometimes they would completely raid and pillage and burn villages if they thought they were sympathetic to the Roman cause or to the current leadership, and they would often steal to finance their their mission. So that's why the Bible calls them a murderer and a robber. Now, with that understanding of the text and that understanding of, of, of the historical background, I want us to read Matthew chapter 27, verses 15 through 26. Matthew 27, verses 15 through 26. If you have your Bible, you can look. If not, we have it on the screen for you here. <clears throat> now, at that time, at the time of the feast, the feast being Passover, the governor, speaking of Pilate, was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had, And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Notorious. Everybody knows who Barabbas is. He is the leader of the Sakari. Everybody knows who he is. They have fear. Most of the people fear Barabbas. They look of him as a terrorist. And so when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Who do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Christ? Jesus Barabbas? Or Jesus who is called the Christ. Now, Pilate, so often we get the wrong impression of Pilate. Like he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what's going on. He's kind of scared. That's not Pilate. He is a ruthless and shrewd politician. He's a very violent and harsh man. But he's very smart. And he's very shrewd. He's very political. And zealots who kill Romans. It is very and highly unlikely that he would have put a zealot, give a zealot the opportunity to be released. The people would have loved that. Yeah, we'll take a zealot any day. But a Sakari, I don't know about that. Man, keep them up. Those guys scare me. Certainly the religious officials wouldn't want a Sakari leader let go. And so Pilate, in his mind, this is a no-brainer. He doesn't believe Jesus is guilty. He knows they are envious that this text will tell us that. And as shrewd as he is, he thought, okay, I'll put the guy who's vowed to to get rid of you as leadership 
versus this Jesus that for some reason you're so jealous of. We continue with the text here. And he said, whom do you want me to release? Verse 18, for he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. That's the reason they brought Jesus. That's why the religious officials have brought him, because they're envious. They have come to that place where they recognize he either is who he said he is, or we've got to get rid of him. We can't, uh, we can't go on. And the same is true for us today. We have to fall down and confess that he is the Savior, the Messiah, the Son of God, or he's not. And they've made the decision that he's not, and they have to get rid of him. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, His wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with this righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now, we don't know a whole lot about um, this woman, Pilate's wife. Um, History, or some of the historians tell us, Origen tells us her name uh, was Claudius Procalus. And Procalus, we're pretty certain, was probably her name. And she's probably the daughter or granddaughter of the Caesar. So she's an important woman, but perhaps she has heard the messages of Jesus Perhaps she's heard the preaching of Jesus, and she's been spoken to. She's been moved by it, and now she hears that he's about to be killed, and so she's trying to think about it, and she has this dream, and it's disturbing. So she goes to her husband, Pilate, and she says, don't do this. Verse 20, now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to destroy Jesus. Just think about how intimidated they must be by Jesus to say, we would rather have Barabbas. We think we can control him. But this Jesus, we can't control. And the governor again said to them, and Pilate's not believing this. You're telling me you want me to let go of one of the primary Sicarii leaders. The guy who wants you dead whose mission in life is to wipe you out. You want me to let him go instead of this Jesus? Pilate asked him again. He asked two times. Now, which two do you want? Which of these two do you want me to release? Are you thinking clearly? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? And they said, let him be crucified. And he said, why? What evil has he done? For what reason? Why? Now, they're trying to make the case that he's an insurrectionist, that he's trying to make himself the king. But they shouted all the more, let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, and here's Pilate again, remember, he's not about righteousness. He's not about fair. He's not about justice. He's about Pilate and what's best for him, what's best for his career, and what's the best move. And he wants to keep peace. This is a very tumultuous time during Passover. Uh, The crowds have swelled uh, to hundreds of thousands of Jews at this point, and the last thing he wants is a riot. So what does he do? He said he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered and said, His blood is on us and our children. Yikes! And we know about 30 to 35 years later that Jerusalem will be completely destroyed. Practically everyone will be killed and surely their blood will be upon their children. And then he released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Wow. Which Jesus do you choose today? in your life. You know, 
We have to deal with who Jesus said he was. We know who Barabbas was, but what about who Jesus was? We're not given the option that he was just a good teacher, a nice man, friendly guy, good leader. We have the claims the Bible makes. We have the claims that Jesus made himself. Peter said, in, or excuse me, Paul said in Colossians 1.15 that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. John said in, one in chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Peter says in 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteousness for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. And in 16.16 of the Gospel of Matthew, Peter said, when asked by Jesus, Who do you think I am? He said, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus, the claims that he made for himself. John 6.40, For this is the will of my Father that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have light. And he said to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am, of, I am not of this world, Jesus speaking. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And in John 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I, Jesus, come that you might have life and have it abundantly. I and the Father are one. And the Jews, Jews picked up stones to stone him. Jesus said, I've shown you many good works for the Father. For which of these are you going to stone me? And the Jews answered, it's not for a good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you being a man make yourself God. And then in John chapter 14, the Bible tells us in verse 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There's no one that comes to the Father but through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him because of me. Skipping down to verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Jesus has made some powerful claims here that he, in fact, is God, that he is the Savior, that he is the truth, he is the way, he is the life. And we must decide which Jesus will we choose today. Truth be told, we're all Barabbas. We're just like Barabbas. Barabbas was a robber. He robbed people, in other words, in, in order to finance his life and his mission. And you go, I'm not a robber. Do you take credit for the blessings that you have? Do you take control and take credit that you're in charge of your life? Anything that you've accomplished, anything that you have that you've earned it by your own merit, then you're robbing God of his glory. You say, I'm not a murderer. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, if you have anger towards someone, if you have ill will, if you hate someone, if you have hatred in your heart, then you've committed murder. Barabbas was a robber and a murderer. I'm a robber. I'm a murderer. And you know what the Bible says in Romans six twenty three that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. We are all under the penalty of death. 
Barabbas was under the penalty of death. But he had a substitute. The first person to experience the penal substitution was by Jesus was Barabbas. Barabbas is given life because Jesus takes on his sin. His robbery, his murder, his death penalty, Jesus takes it upon himself. And Jesus dies in Barabbas' place just like he has died in our place if we choose to receive him as Savior and Lord and put our trust and faith in what Jesus Christ has done through the death, burial, and resurrection. He is our substitute. So why should I choose Jesus today? Well, for a few reasons. God has come to this earth. Jesus came to this earth as a man and understands what I experience in life. And though I am flawed and sinful, Jesus provides a way for me to deal with my sin. God empowers me through the Holy Spirit to face the inevitable challenge, challenges that will come in my life. And the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus are supported by strong archaeological and historical evidence. Cecilia Cochran, in 1987, she, along with her mother and father, boarded Flight 255 on Northwest Airlines out of Detroit on August 16, 1987. As the plane took off, apparently they didn't gain enough speed on the runway to properly get off. And although they got in the air, it was shaky. And it was starting to dip. And it hit a uh, rental car light post. One of the wings did. And it spun out of control. And it crashed. Every, all of the crew were instantly killed. The plane was shattered over hundreds and hundreds of yards and thousands of pieces. 148 of the 149 passengers perished that day. There was only one survivor, Cecilia. And they marveled at how did Cecilia live when everyone else died. And so they took her to the hospital. And when she was able to speak, she told them what happened. She told them how her family was sitting on the row. And when the plane began to wobble, her mother fastened the seatbelt around her and she held Cecilia in her chair and she took her body and she told her, Honey, just hang on. Everything will be fine. And she clasped her as tightly as she could. And Cecilia said she could hear the debris. She could feel the wind. She could feel the pounding and everything that was flying around. And her mother was struck with metal and with debris and would, would take on the fall as they would crash and roll across the highway all the time holding on to Cecilia until she died. That's how she lived, because her mother absorbed the death that was certain, lest she had someone to cover her. That's what Jesus did for Barabbas, and that's what Jesus has done for you and for me. He has absorbed our sin He has absorbed our death, the penalty, for all who put our faith and trust in him and make him our Lord and God. Have you done that yet? Will you choose Jesus the Christ today? Or will you choose Jesus 
the Barabbas. Father in heaven, thank you for this time. Thank you that while we were still sinners, you died for us. God, I pray that you would use this time to speak to us, to draw us to you. May your name be praised and glorified. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen.